Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Brought to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Off-season for the Admirals, but they've been putting on shows down at Summerfest uh, on the weekends. I'm sure a lot of you have caught in one of their shows that they put on. They do it each and every year. Always fun, always entertaining. And then, of course, they're always at State Fair. Uh, usually in, what is that called? Is that the uh, the Expo building? Not the products pavilion where like the grilled cheese sandwiches are, but the other one where it has like <laughs> all the vendors and stuff that you can get. They're always in that expo building as well, uh, right there by the racetrack. So I look for them Summerfest and of course coming up again uh, at State Fair. Uh, okay, so coming up on today's show, Colton Bartholomew, uh, Badgers uh, football beat writer for the Wisconsin State Journal, will join us coming up here in about 15 minutes. I'm uh, looking forward to talking to him. We want to get his take on everything going on with college football and uh, USC and UCLA uh, coming to the Big Ten, what it means for the Badgers, how he sees this playing out for uh, the Badgers from a recruiting perspective, from an on-the-field perspective, uh, and everything that goes along with it. Looking forward uh, to doing that. I wanted to ask something here. I, we don't got a lot of time necessarily, but if you want to call in and give me uh, some ideas, I, I'd be all for it, obviously. I, I want to know this. What's the one thing, maybe there's more than one thing, that you really dig as a sports fan that others kind of look at you and kind of like, what are you doing with your time? Why are you watching this? Or why are you into that? Like, what is that one thing where people kind of just shake their heads at you and like, cannot believe you're wasting your time watching that on TV or going to that sports event or whatever the case may be. Now, the reason I bring this up is simple, okay? Because it kind of came up earlier during the Wendy's Big Show. And Leroy kind of gave me the whole eye roll, shaking the head, whatever thing. I love NBA Summer League basketball. And I know I'm one of like five, probably, listening to this radio station that loves the NBA Summer League. But the Bucs put out their Summer League roster today. I don't know, 95% of the people on this roster would be my guest. Normally... You go down a summer league roster, you're like, oh, I watched him play in college. I watched him play in college. I watched him play in college. They got guys that haven't been in college in a while. They were playing overseas that are coming back and playing. Like, I don't know a bunch of the dudes on this team. But I know Luca, Rajon Tucker. I mean, there are some guys on this roster that I do know because they've been playing with the Bucs. 
Lincolnton is on this team, so they've got some guys on this team that you know. I want to watch Luca Vildoza. I want to watch Mamu because I love that dude. Uh, I want to watch him play. So I'm jacked. I've already been watching the California Summer League, right? The the Lakers and the Heat, the Kings and the Lakers. The, these, types of, games. these type of matchups. Watching Summer League, man. Watching these young guys that just got drafted. I'm Marjan Bochamp. Can't wait to watch him in Summer League for the Bucks. I'm all about the NBA Summer League. I've been out to the NBA Summer League multiple times uh, with Gary Wolfel back in the day. We'd go out there uh, and watch NBA Summer League for three, four, five days at a time. And you go between gymnasiums. Uh, out there in Vegas, you pay one fee to get in. Now, again, I was lucky enough I had a media press pass, but you go between multiple courts and from Cox Pavilion to the other one, and they have like a huge concession stand area in between, and you just watch NBA basketball. And I, I don't know if it's changed since I've been there last, but back in the day, man, the GMs, the scouts, current NBA players, they just sit in the stands. You sit down, and you might have two GMs sitting behind you working on a deal, and you're just sitting there minding your own business watching the game, and you're hearing two guys talking about making a trade or talking about players around the league and just you know, just talking. Man, it is amazing to not only – is it cool to watch on TV? Yes. But if you're an NBA fan, it's bucket list type stuff as far as I'm concerned. Spring training is fun, sure. I'm all about spring training. I think that's great, too, if you're a huge baseball fan. I've done that for a number of years. Um the summer league, just love it. And I realize that I am pretty much by myself a lot of times when I get excited about NBA summer league and watching NBA summer league games. I figured out that a majority of you probably don't DVR summer league games. I do. I figured out a most of you probably, if it's on and you see it, will not stay and watch it, even if it's not your favorite team like the Bucks are mine. Um, and I literally watch any two summer league teams. It don't matter. I'm, I'm, I'll, if it's on, I'll watch it. So is there that one thing... Uh, or multiple things that your friends kind of look at you with the side eye like, why are you wasting your time doing that? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan. What's that one thing in sports that you kind of get the side eye from your friends like, why are you doing this? Why are you watching that? Or why are you paying your hard-earned money to go see this uh, at the end of the day? AR, is there is there one thing for you that your friends kind of give you the side eye because you like? Well, as far as my friends know, because we're actually into the same thing, but oh, I have okay. mentioned on this show and others on our station before two of the things that I do enjoy and have gotten a little bit of the from you and others. Uh, one is hockey. I've gotten a little bit of an attitude from some people here about when uh, my hockey interests. Now, obviously not the Milwaukee Admirals, but others, my Maple Leaf fandom in particular. And then the other one is esports. And I've brought it up sparingly because it's obviously not a major sport and we don't have any professional gaming organizations in the greater Milwaukee area. But uh, that's the one that my friends enjoy. And I know Bart in particular once when I brought it up when I produced for him basically was like, all right, moving on. We're not going to talk about this anymore. How can you even remotely spend a second watching guys being paid to play video games? Yeah, I uh, that, that's one thing I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. See, like I, I can't like the NBA uh, 2K thing with the Bucks. Like w- when they did that, we talked about it on this show. We're mm-hmm. like, oh, this is gonna be cool. And then it was the first game, right, that they were gonna play. So I, I'm like, all right, I figure out how to watch this. I figured out how to get it on Twitch or whatever the case may be because I don't use Twitch. Okay, I'll figure it out. So I watched it. <laughs> my immediate reaction was, oh, this is dumb. And my re- immediate reaction was that because I thought when I was gonna watch it because I was ignorant. Ar. I thought it was going to be, okay, AR, Adam Roberts, he's controlling Giannis. Sparky's controlling Drew Holiday. What I didn't realize when I went to watch it was these dudes were just characters they made themselves or mm-hmm. players they made themselves that they created. So really, you have no idea who's really good, who's not really good, who's who. And it was just like, uh, yeah, and uh, you I don't, don't really care about this. And, and it that was the last time I watched the time it. to learn. Yeah. Because why would you bother? No. They're just fake, randomized They're avatars. just dudes that came up with characters that they wanted to come up with and make. Uh, and then they're like playing together. But the crazy part about that is all the money that gets spent on I mean, the, each team has a coach that they pay, that the Bucks mm-hmm. pay or whatever. All these players get paid. They get yep. room and they get room and board mm-hmm. on top of it, right? Nice apartments or condos or whatever the Bucks give them. I mean, 
it's a big industry, and obviously there's a lot of money in it, and that's just the NBA one. But, I mean, you, you could tell everybody else about all these other gaming deals that were you know, way bigger, way before NBA 2K ever came around. I'll tell you this. The one I'm most familiar with, and we don't have to spend a ton of time right. on it because I want to I hear what Colton Bartholomew has to say about all of this Big Ten stuff as much as you do. But the one I am most invested in is this game called Overwatch. And we can argue, I've seen that on TV. Yes, that was on that ESPN was on TV. That's before how I, COVID. That's how I learned about mm-hmm. that. Yes. And I remember when that was coming out, I was me and my friends who all play together were so jacked that it was going to be on ESPN. But we also, at the same time, knew that everybody around us that was in the sports world was going to ho-hum, scoff it off. Why are they showing video games on ESPN? the four letter network. And I will say when you talk about big money being shared in those leagues, Robert Kraft had an ownership stake in the Boston uprising or not. uh, Yeah. Boston uprising, a team from the league and they would set them up at their facility in Boston. And it's kind of fallen apart because of COVID. They had these whole plans to make it like this big international thing. Sure. They were going to be having people carted off to Paris and South Korea and China to all these different places and do these individual tournaments where everyone was going to get hosted and get all the fixings made. And then COVID kind of shattered everything and made it a all virtual thing. And now it's just, I don't really watch it anymore myself because it's just, it's six guys in separate rooms on webcams playing a game that I watch myself and play myself. So it's like, what am I really missing? What was great before was they had the whole arena set up. They had people, yes. they had fans, they right. had a whole full audience. I remember that. The grand finals on ESPN, it was packed. packed. Now, the halftime entertainment left a lot to be desired, but uh, it was awesome. And now seeing what it's become is very sad. Yeah. I So again, I, I don't. That would be one thing where I, you're right, that you would get the side eye from me of like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be watching this tonight. I'm not going out or whatever the case may be. Like I, I completely get that. Um, another one that gets a side eye, and to be honest with you, I don't. And again, working with Rami Makhlouf my whole life, pretty much. I mean, he really never understood it, got it, or cared about it one way or the other. Now the funny thing is, where he is now in Sacramento, they actually have a team that they have to talk about in Sacramento, a soccer team. But mm. soccer. Uh, is another one, right? So it feels like now for me, you know, I'm not a big premier guy or, or none of that. I don't, I don't really watch all that stuff necessarily. Um, Arsenal, Man United, and all that. Manchester City. I don't watch all that stuff. Used to, tried it, did it for a little while, and then d- didn't watch it anymore. It's too Saturday morning, Sunday mornings, whatever time they, whenever it's it was on. Early, yeah. And then a lot of people go out to the bars and watch it, and that's fine. Not, I, that's not my thing. So for me, I just watch the international ones now, right? So I only watch Team USA, men and women. I watch both of them. If they're on TV, then we, you know, me and the girl will sit down. And we watch it. She lettered in soccer, huge soccer player. So that's kind of how I, I came to be invested in, in watching soccer because she knows so much about it. And I've learned from her and, and kind of gone that route. Bart's a big soccer guy. Toby Altizer's a big soccer guy. So, I mean, there are obviously soccer guys on the station, but clearly we don't talk about it really ever because we do realize that we're kind of the minority as far as people that really follow it and watch it. I think there are a lot of people that watch it, but there's just not a lot of talk about it like there is, you know, the three four big sports and include the NHL on talk radio. I'll say this though, when that iron district is built downtown and they eventually get a stadium, my pro or triple a affiliate kind of soccer team, I'll be the biggest soccer guy in the world. If they'll come on and do stuff with us. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Like, will they get a radio deal? Will they get it? I'm assuming they'll get some type of TV Something, deal, right? Uh, you would think somebody would give them some type of play on TV, uh, but they're going to need, uh, some love and attention to try and fill that stadium uh, for sure. Because, again, it's not going to be MLS because it's nowhere near big enough to be an MLS stadium. Uh, so we'll see how that whole thing plays out. All right, coming up next, Colton Bartholomew, the Wisconsin State Journal, covers the Badgers football team. We'll get his thoughts on what all this uh, means for the Wisconsin Badgers with the USC and UCLA headed to the Big Ten in 2024, and apparently others more than likely following here suit at some point. We'll talk to him next here. On Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals on 1250 AM, The Fan. Steve Sparky, Fiverr with you. A.R. Adam Roberts, the executive producer, other side of the glass, coming up at 3 o'clock. Oh, do we got something special for y'all. Oh, do we got something special. Fan Afternoon Show, as you know, we've been kind of rotating hosts through there. 
And coming up today and tomorrow, Stephanie Sutton from Channel 12 WISN here in Milwaukee. She'll be hosting the show today and tomorrow starting at 3 o'clock. So Stephanie Sutton hosting uh, here the Fan Afternoon Show. A.R. Adam Roberts is going to stick around and be uh, her executive producer. Uh, and uh, looking forward to hearing what Stephanie Sutton has coming up on today's show. She'll be here in about the next half hour, uh, 40 minutes or so. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, he is Colton Bartholomew, covers the Wisconsin Badgers for uh, Madison.com. What's going on, Colton? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, so first things first, uh, from a Badger football perspective, uh, and you haven't covered this team for quite a while. Gary Ellerson and I were talking about this uh, on the big show. And Gary's, you know, this thing is always the same. Badgers are going to be the Badgers, regardless of what all happens around them. They're still going to recruit the same kids, and they're still going to have r- relatively the same results, regardless of who ends up coming into this conference. Do you view it the same way? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard not to, because even through all the changes of the last 25 years of college sports, that has been... Uh, one of the constants is that you know that the Badgers are going to have you know a you know eight nine ten win team regardless of kind of what, what's going on around them. I think it does change things in the sense of it's just going to be harder. Uh, what, what they're going to what they have done so well is just adapting to these changes. But I think this this is going to be one of those changes that you know ranks relatively high on you know the difficulty of adjusting to it. So I, I do think Wisconsin's still going to be that consistent force. I think it's just a, Doing so is just going to be a little bit harder. You know, the other thing about this is the recruiting angle of this, uh, as far as the Badgers have kind of already been poking and prodding uh, out in California to recruit since Paul Chris has been here, far more maybe than with Brett Bielema, who kind of recruited Florida maybe more than California. Uh, but USC and UCLA, they really haven't been coming and grabbing kids from Wisconsin nearly as much as the Badgers have been uh, taking kids from California. How does it change that aspect of recruiting uh, as far as keeping those kids here where now I can go play in warm, sunny uh, California at USC and UCLA? My parents will still get to watch me on TV. They'll still get to see me play because I'll be playing in the Midwest a few games from time to time. I I think that's one of my bigger concerns is those in-state kids keeping them home. Yeah, no, it's definitely a concern. And I think that was something that we, I think that was a thought that was going to have, or was more prevalent, I think, when Nebraska came into the Big Ten, uh, because it's a little bit more of a feasible drive, you know, from, from Wisconsin, let's just say, talking about in state kids to Nebraska. I, I think that there's always going to be that proximity to home challenge. I know you mentioned it, like, yeah, your parents are going to be able to see you play on TV and then your away games. But I think there is something still to people don't want to go that far away for college more often than not. I think that there's obviously examples that go the other way too, but I think especially in Wisconsin, they do such a good job building those relationships with the high school coaches that, you know, they can at least get a little bit of a head start getting those in-state guys on campus and getting those relationships built so that, you know, in a couple of years when USC and UCLA are, um, in the conference and recruiting against them as well. It's not going to be, you know, there's still going to be a disadvantage. I would say that they're going to have obviously the advantages of, you mentioned the warm weather, being in LA, some of the NIL opportunities that we've seen at UCLA and USC have been some of the best of uh, the entire country really. But I still think there's, there are going to be some advantages of being the, the home state team and things that Wisconsin is going to be able to use. But I think that just goes to it all being harder. It's going to be harder for Wisconsin to be where it's been or, and be who it's been uh, with these changes. And I, I know we're probably going to get to this, but I don't think this is it. I think there's going to be some other teams that are in the big 10 um, in a couple of years when this is all said and done. But uh, I think it just all goes to what's going to make things harder on a team like Wisconsin. That's not, you know, recruiting at that super elite level, like in Ohio State, Michigan, you know, some of the other schools you see around the country. Colton Bartholomew joins us, Badgers football beat reporter, of course, Wisconsin State Journal, Madison.com. Follow him on Twitter at CBartWSJ. Uh, what about the NIL situation? How, how does this come into play now? Because I was reading that uh, one of the reasons why USC uh, wanted to come here was to open up more possibilities for their NIL deals, uh, being in the Midwest, being on the East Coast now, as far as, you know, I guess the amount of money that they want to throw at certain kids, the amount of money they can get coming into their school going forward. How does that impact Wisconsin? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, all that plays out because I think 
what number one that we've seen is that NIL is going to have a, a breaking point at some point where when players aren't either getting on the field quick enough for a booster that gave a bunch of money to, you know, a quarterback or a wide receiver, whoever ends up being, uh, or, you know, there's going to be players that take a big NIL deal and they don't plan out. Like either they get injured or just, you know, don't train enough, whatever ends up being, there's going to be a situation eventually down the road here that the, this flow of money slows down or at least changes a little bit. Um, and that, you know, that's not even saying that whenever the rules, whether that be the, a federal rule, NCAA rule, whatever, until the rule gets you know in place, that's not even counting that when, when rules change. But I think for Wisconsin competing with uh, you know USC, UCLA, the rest of the Big Ten in, in, in NIL, you're talking about just attitudes, a little bit of a change in attitude and being needed. And I know we've talked about it before on on, on this station, just the idea that you're going to be able to get away with just focusing on your athletes that are on campus already in the NIL space until the rules changes and uh, maybe recruiting is completely taken in out of NIL. Wisconsin's always going to be a little bit behind some of the more aggressive schools like Nebraska, Ohio state, UCL or USC is starting to get that way. Uh, a little bit more aggressive using NIL and recruiting and especially transfer recruiting. So until the, the attitudes change at Wisconsin in terms of using those things uh, in the recruiting trail, I think they're always going to be a smidge behind, but I think that's, I don't think that's as big of a disadvantage here in the short term as it might be um, because, or in the long term, I should say, it's not a big, as big of a disadvantage because I think things are going to change in the NIL space as a whole that are going to even things out. It's at 16 teams right now, Colton. When we talk about the Big Ten once these two teams come. Uh, I had mentioned last week to Jerry DiNardo, I thought maybe he could get to 20 before this uh, thing stops uh, for the Big Ten and the SEC. How much bigger do you think this might become with inside this conference? Yeah, I think 20 is the number, too. That's what I keep hearing, and, and I've seen quite a few of the national college football reporters saying that 20 is the number they want to get to. The number one target, which has been for a very long time, is Notre Dame, uh, just because of the, the value add that they bring in that brand and the, the built-in audience that they have. Um, I know that's kind of what the hang-up has been about them being – about the Big Ten being aggressive with some other schools is, okay, we want to make sure that we have an open spot for, for Notre Dame. Um, and then, you know, from what other national reporters have said, I know, um, you know, Washington, Oregon from the Pac-12 have been targets as well, and they've kind of been in this limbo ever since UCLA and USC got announced. And then you look at the other coast, you look at the East Coast, apparently North Carolina um, it has been kind of emerging as one of those top targets of teams that might be looking to jump conferences if, you know, these things continue to shift and the ACC starts losing some of its cachet, especially when you look at this media deal that's kind of sparked all of this between the SEC and the Big Ten, this, you know, allegedly somewhere between 90 to $100 million right. going to each school with this yep. media deal. That's really what spurred all of this. Everybody wants to jump in on that and be able to secure that for their, their programs. So I know North Carolina is another target that could be coming down the road too. So I think it's, I think, like I said, 20 is probably the number. And I think it's probably going to take another four to six months so we get it all figured out. Uh, and I think by the time we get to the middle of this next football season, we're going to know like, Hey, in two years, it's dramatically different across the country. Each conference is going to be, you know, either deflated, merging with somebody else, you know, pumped up like the big Ten and the, uh, the FCC are going to be. And I think it's just going to be a kind of a wild hectic time. Like it already has been in college football. Talking with uh, Colton Bartholomew, our guy from the Wisconsin State Journal, Madison.com. Follow him on Twitter at CBartWSJ. That's, again, at CBartWSJ. Uh, Gary, earlier on the big show, talked about he thinks that this ends up in like maybe five divisions of four teams. And maybe you end up with uh, Oregon and Stanford to go along with uh, USC and UCLA. They end up in a division really playing each other to try and save on travel costs, flying back and forth uh, for those schools out on the West Coast. I've not heard that. He was the first one to bring that up to my my attention. I had heard more along the lines of maybe it's just one big stack conference. Uh, maybe it does stay in two, but now maybe it's more of a rivalry-based thing where Michigan and Ohio State are split, USC and UCLA are split uh, on either side uh, of the two divisions. Have you heard anything on kind of what the plan may be going forward? I haven't heard anything concrete that I feel comfortable saying. I will say, though, 
there's going to be protected games like Wisconsin and Minnesota are going to play every year. You know, Ohio State and Michigan are going to play every year. UCLA, USC, they're going to play every year. What that structure ends up looking like if it's you have that one locked in game and then you rotate everything else or if it's divisions where, you know, in those situations I just mentioned, those schools would probably be in the same, you know, pod, bracket, division, whatever you want to call it. Um, for football, especially, like they're going to protect those kind of marquee, especially, you know, you, you talk about UCLA and USC. That's a big game every single year. Um, Ohio State, Michigan's one of the highest watched games on TV every year. And that's really what you're trying to protect is your marquee matchups. They're going to be what really brings you that massive TV deal we mentioned before. Those are the things that you're going to protect and make sure that is in the inventory every single season. So whatever the structure ends up looking like, I think you're going to get those big time games. Maybe Wisconsin, Iowa gets up in that level just because that's been some of the closer games in the last few years as well. But I think you're going to see those protected games and, and making sure that the big 10 has some type of game each week. That's to be a national highlighted game. What about these 11 a.m. kickoffs? I mean, these 11 a.m., these big noon kickoffs or whatever on Fox, I mean, if, if that's going to stay, you're going to have people out in California waking up at 9 a.m. to watch your football team play against the Badgers or something. Yeah, I mean, it's not all that different from what they do for the NFL already. So I think that's not as big of a deal. Uh, I think the issue is going to be you're probably not going to have that 11 a.m. kickoff if you're on the West Coast, right? You're not probably going to host those games starting at 9 a.m. So it is going to be a little bit different. I think the issue that you brought up before with the travel schedules and the travel costs, and this is not just for football, but it's the other sports too. I think that's going to be a a larger sticking point when this all comes to actual fruition. And there's going to have to be some creativity that, you know, maybe, you know, if you're talking about, let's say women's basketball, if they come to Wisconsin to play on a Wednesday, maybe they play Minnesota on Friday. So they just take one trip out here and then they can get a couple of games in. Obviously there's a lot of classroom considerations to consider, um, as well, but I, I think there's going to be some creativity and scheduling and trying to figure things out that way. But uh, overall, I think the 11 a.m. kickoffs are going to stay because I think we saw in the last few years that making that premium game right at the start of the college football day has worked for Fox. So I don't think that's going to change. I think they're just going to have to work around it uh, as a as a conference. Uh, I got one last thing for you. You mentioned you know 90 to 100 million dollars or something like that. These programs are going to get uh, for this new TV deal. Is there any chance whatsoever that Wisconsin gets baseball back? Any chance? I don't think so. I just don't think there's a. I don't think there's enough of a, a feeling that they they need to or want to uh, in the athletic department that having that extra money is going to change it because even having that extra money, you're still running into the same problems of if it's not really supported within the department it's not going to succeed. And I don't think they're going to, you know, bring in another sport and have to match it on the women's side as well for something that they don't really believe in. And whether that's right or wrong, I, I don't really, I can't really adjudicate. I can't really kind of make a judgment on that. I can't say though, I think there's just not a lot of momentum inside the department to bring it back. And when you don't have the support at the top, it's just hard to get anything done in college sports. He is Colton Bartholomew. Follow him on Twitter at CBartWSJ, at CBartWSJ, Scott State Journal and Madison.com. Colton, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Yep, anytime. Thanks. There he is, Colton Bartholomew, on the Great Midwest Bank hotline of applying for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Breathe. The Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started today at GreatMidwestBank.com today. I got to say, man, I, I am frustrated beyond this whole thing about them not having a baseball program up there. And I think a lot of kids, you know, that want to play college baseball or whatever else would love to be able to stay home and play baseball at Madison uh, versus maybe traveling and playing somewhere else. But the other thing is I get the title nine thing. I understand. So if you add that, then you have to add a women's program or whatever the case may be, however that may work out. That that should be more than feasible at this point. If you're getting almost a hundred million dollars a year, uh, from this Big Ten network. I mean, that's that is a lot of freaking money. It always does boggle my mind, Sparky. And you know, we should probably be kind of numb to this by now. But it's still every time I hear about these new media rights deals that come through for these conferences with their private networks, or whether it's ESPN or Fox or ABC or NBC, if it's Notre Dame, it always just boggles my mind these numbers. And then you hear about the ones for pro leagues, and it just you wonder 
where it's going to go from here. What is the it's ceiling? It's not going backwards. No, no. Adam, we were talking, we were having this same conversation 10 years ago. When is it going to stop? Player salaries are going to have to even off at some point. There's no way they can keep on this trajectory. And now Giannis makes $50 million a year. And it hasn't stopped. When A-Rod made $25 million a year, people lost their minds. Oh, my God. And back then, at that point, that was crazy money. And it did not pan out to work for the Texas Rangers at all. Tom Hicks, who was the owner, uh, outbid himself, because nobody else was going to $25 million to Scott Boris, outbid himself to give Alex Rodriguez all that money. Um, and at that point, we were talking about, well, eventually this is going to be it. Like, there's no way we're going past that much money a year consistently. And the NBA is doing it without any problem whatsoever. They're just continuing to do it. Plus, there's luxury tax penalties and everything else. Somehow or another, these owners are able to make things work. And that's because these advertisers uh, are willing to spend the X amount of dollars to get in front of all these eyeballs that are watching the games on TV, whether they're streaming it on their TV, watching it on their phone, going to the games, and even going to the games, to be honest, doesn't seem to be that big of a deal for a lot of these guys anymore. Now it's just about eyeballs, right? We just want people watching our sport to get the next big media rights deal, whether it be social media, whether it be a traditional TV, whether it be streaming, whatever. That's where we want it. Yeah, we make a little bit of money on ticket sales and concessions, but really at the end of the day, it's about the media rights deal. That's how these teams all survive and make their money, and that's why a team like the Brewers is screwed to a certain extent, because they're not making a ton of money off of their media rights deal being in Milwaukee because it's not a big national deal like the NFL um, or maybe even, you know, to a certain degree, the NBA. You have your local rights deal in the NBA, and then you get a split of whatever the TV money is. Uh, but in baseball, yeah, you get a little bit of the national money, but the 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 big disparity on the local level, I think it's really what, what kills the birds. All right, coming up next, Jerry DiNardo. Uh, not Jerry DiNardo. Oh, yeah, yeah, losing my mind. Tim Dillard uh, joined us uh, earlier uh, a couple hours ago on the Wendy's Big Show like he does each and every Tuesday. Brought to you by Robert Hack Diamonds. We'll play that back for you coming up next. Don't forget, Stephanie Sutton, WISN Channel 12 sports anchor, leads the Fan Afternoon Show coming up today from 3 to 6. You will not want to miss her coming up at 3. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sparks Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. They've been out doing their thing at Summerfest. Don't forget, they'll be out at State Fair as well. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. AR, Adam Roberts, other side of the glass. Steve Sparky Fiber with you. Stephanie Sutton from WISN Channel 12 comes up uh, in the next segment. We'll find out what's coming up on the Fan Afternoon Show today with Stephanie Sutton. She's in today and tomorrow. And then Kevin Holden of CBS 58 returns on Thursday and Friday. Those of you asking for Toby Altizer, he'll be in the chair all of next week. Uh, he'll be back uh, doing the show next week. So looking forward to that as well. Okay, so uh, every Thursday, courtesy of Robert Heck Diamonds, we have Tim Dillard on the Wendy's Big Show at 1235, or Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. It's not Thursday. Tuesday. See, that's why I have Adam here. Keep my brain right. Uh, Tuesdays with Tim Dillard at 1235. Uh, and they always do the Brewers Unfiltered podcast they put up on the Odyssey app and at Brewers.com. 
uh, him, Adam McKelvey, and Brad Ford. And then we have Ahmad talk about what's coming up on the, the podcast and talk about Brewers baseball. And started off talking to Tim Dillard today from Valley Sports Wisconsin about the fact that, you know, they split with the Pirates. A lot of Brewer fans mad that they only took two out of four uh, from the Pittsburgh Pirates. I pointed out on social media, I think this Pirates offense is going to be pretty good the next two or three years. I don't know about the pitching, but I think the offense is going to be pretty good at some point. I'm going to be honest. I mean, it could have easily been three wins for the Pirates. They yeah. played good enough to win, uh, honestly. Uh, going into that last day, the only uh, difference was Omar Narvaez hitting his first home run in like a month and a half. That was basically the difference maker, and they have a lot of good players. And I think they're underperforming right now. I said it probably about two months ago. Uh, that I really think they're a good team. They just can't put it together at the right time. And, I mean, hopefully they don't figure it out till you know, ever. But uh, they have so many good players. Brian Reynolds in center field. I mean, who knows if they want to get rid of him or build a team around him. But they got Cruz at shortstop. He's 6'7", and he's got some pop in his bat. And, of course, keep Brian Hayes at third base. I mean, that guy's one of the best all-around third basemen uh, in baseball. So they got a good little core, but it's interesting to see what they're going to do going forward. Timmy, uh, let's talk about this this Cub game uh, yesterday. Little nip and tuck goes to the tenth, and uh, of course we win it with a walk off. But it, it feels like no matter how good the Cubs are, you're always going to get their best, or how bad they I mean, are, you're going to get like, their best. Yeah, yeah. It, it they felt like a playoff game, right? This Brewers yeah. team. It doesn't matter if they're playing, uh, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays, or if they're playing the Pirates, or even the Cubs. Like, every game that they bring, it's exciting, like a playoff atmosphere. And, you know, you knew it was going to be a tough game. But for it to come down to the wire like that, it was phenomenal. My voice is a little hoarse uh, from all the screaming I did in the ninth and 10th. But <laughs> that's what it was. And it's tough to beat the Cubs because they just, I don't know, for whatever reason, they just make every single game uh, just uh, grueling to get through. Uh, Tim, I want to ask you who you get. Your podcast is fire, man. I don't, I don't know who's missing out on that, man. Because <laughs> you can get more of this. Because I know we on the time crunch, but I love your podcast. I really do. But my my question is, I'm a big Willie Adonis fan, okay? I mean, I, I don't hide it. And I, Boxberger, to me, to, I mean, one guy's emotional, one guy's not. But if a pitcher is making the pitches and you don't get the calls, I mean, for the NFL, for you to get thrown out, you basically have to go over and touch the referee. Now, will referees, uh, will umpires throw you out if you're a pitcher and you look at him stare like you missed that one? They'll Will they let you get away with it or each guy different? Well, there's like a zero tolerance when it comes to arguing balls and strikes. Mm -hmm. I, I think that was something that MLB stepped in and was like, there's too much arguing going on. That's when oh, you hardly see you. anything anymore. Uh, I think there should be a little give and take, but here's very, something very interesting. Adamas got, I mean, he got rung up on some really bad pitch, pitches uh, in a huge situation. Yeah, which that was the guy you wanted up, right? Right. And he got mm -hmm. cheated a little bit. So here's what here's what I thought was really professional about Adamas is he he you knew he was a little upset about it. He knew it was a televised game. He knew it went to commercial, and then he came back out and spoke with the umpire very calmly and talked mm -hmm. to him. And it, that's risky because the only person on the bench was Omar Narvaez. Everybody else is in the game playing. So that was very risky on his part, maybe, but he did it in the right way. And it didn't really help anything because Boxberger came out, made a couple of good pitches, and boom, he didn't get any calls. So it was just a tough couple of innings for the home plate umpire last night. Yeah, because sometimes I think the emotion of, that, of a game like that is sometimes it can kind of get in your head a little bit. but. Again, the NFL, all you do is tell the head coach to go after a particular referee, and sometimes they understand where you're going from. Now, some yeah, people... Yeah, well, they should. They should let them do that. Exactly. <laughs> now, me and Gary see it a little bit different, Tim. How now, we see it, Leroy. Because we, <laughs> we just want to win games. But sometimes fans are like, why are you struggling with the Cubs? Style I mean, point. It just, yeah, I just want to win. I don't, do you have to have a walk-off and beat a bad team? We talked about, it. like you said, they're a pretty good team. But do Brewer friends, I think sometimes they forget they're in first place because there's so much, they're looking for World Series. And I don't think you don't play, you don't play the World Series until the fall. So why don't they just enjoy it is what I'm saying. 
Yeah, I know. I, that's I, it's, I, that's the way I've always felt about baseball because it has everything in between. They scored 19 runs the other day, and that was really cool. But do you really want a team that just scores 19 runs every time? How exciting is that game? Oh, look how far he hit it! Yay! <laughs> you know, like. You, but some teams, maybe like the Yankees, maybe that's what they do at times, and you know, other times they don't score any runs, and it's a pitcher's duel. But what, I think that's what I love about this Brewers team is is every single game they find a way to just make it exciting. And maybe they're not always going to come up on the right end of it uh, with a win. But at the same time, there are teams out there that are good, and they are not as exciting to watch. They don't have as exciting players. Uh, look at last night just in particular. Jace Peterson came into the game. He didn't start the game. He came into the game. He played first base. He played third base. And he played right field to end the game. That's pretty amazing you're not going to see that almost anywhere in baseball but if you watch the brewers games you're going to see these guys showcase and their talents in a lot of different ways well see to me that goes back to craig council i mean i i just don't know how he's never got the manager of the year award i mean i i i don't get that because there's a lot of moving parts for the brewers and they've been able to do all these different things with all these different players and win games it's not like you've you're paying a bunch of jokers a lot of money, and you can just go out and just put put a name out of hat, and he goes and play. They're, I mean, they're they're coaching their tails off. Like the Yankees. Yeah, there's some teams where man, the, all the all the manager has to do is sharpie and all the names and go take a nap. <laughs> right. Two and a half, right. Three hours. Right. Like that, that's not happening. That used to be the American League in a nutshell, right? And so. Yeah. I think what Craig Council is bringing that National League flavor of of let's find a way to you know beat the moment like whatever the moment is let's overcome it and and you know that helps win ball games and you know if there's any a time for Craig Council to get manager of the year it might be this year because you look back to last season you know he had a front row of five starters that stayed healthy the entire year and you know dominated the league and dominated all the baseball mm-hmm. and this year you're having a lot of starters get hurt. And how he's managed to, you know, bring guys up, you know, move guys into different situations, and for guys to thrive in that uh, is a direct result of Craig Council. You know, if it was easy, uh, that why are you going to get Manager of the Year if you can just go take a nap? And he's definitely not taking a nap. He is wired, and he is uh, not missing a beat as manager. Joining us is Tim Dillard, Brewers pre and post game host on Bally Sports Wisconsin. Uh, also analyst when Rock is off. Follow him on Twitter at Dim Tiller. Check out Brewers Unfiltered podcast weekly episodes on your Odyssey app or at Brewers.com. Tim, what's on the latest uh, episode of Brewers Unfiltered? Ooh, I don't know. We uh, recorded it this morning, so I can't even remember. No, we talk about the Cubs game, <laughs> how exciting that was, and just like the most bizarre things that you've seen. Uh, in that baseball game, if you really look close, Caratini with the walk-off home run in the 10th, but he also had four strikeouts before that and during the game. That's called the golden sombrero. <laughs> so uh, there's also an inside-the-park home run that hasn't happened at American Family Field since 2018. That was crazy. Josh Hader's never given up one of those until last night. And then there was a ground rule double by Keston Hira that if it, did, it doesn't bounce over the fence, it scores Luis Arias, changes the whole dynamic of that uh, ninth and then uh, again in the 10th inning so i don't know it's it's we we go through a lot of different things the guest is matt arnold the general manager of the brewers he talks about the upcoming trade deadline how trades work how he got into the business it's a really fun listen this week yeah i understand the stress of the home uh, crowd though they're 20 and 15 at home i mean you thought they'd be a lot better than that so i trust me i get it now I'm big on the bobbleheads now because they got Peralta coming up on the 10th. I just like free stuff. It's just so much fun. Uh, now, I don't know if we have an update on him or not, but it seems like to me it's going to be by committee into this bullpen and this pitching staff can get back to their original um, original guys. But it may never get back to that, Tim. It may be based on you know who's hot at the time. But is it a picture up there you like to see get more opportunities in the bullpen? Ooh, uh, in the bullpen, I really like, I really like Trevor Kelly. Um, I know he's been bouncing up and down, and he hasn't had just a, an amazing go of it. If you look at ERA, uh, but his style of pitching, you're going to need a guy like that down the stretch that can come in and just mow mm-hmm. through some right-handed hitters. Um, Hobie Milner is just, I mean, that guy deserves some sort of award. I don't know what the award is. But he has stepped up in so many big ways. And this, this, 
record of the Brewers. They would not be in first place if it wasn't for Hobie Milner. That guy has been the glue in the bridge. Uh, but if, for me, Devin Williams should be an all-star. I don't know how we campaign that. I don't know how that works. But if Devin Williams isn't an all-star, I'm going to probably write a very strongly uh, written letter to MLB to correct it because he has been nothing short of outstanding, and he does it day in and day out. It's pretty remarkable to watch. No, I, and I would totally agree with you. I mean, I, if you look at the, the pitching staff, the bullpen, and rotation, I mean, they, they've kind of, you know, taken a life on his own in that you look, you, you have no Peralta that Woodrow you just got back, but still you have players in that rotation that are stepping up that are coming up big for them. Well, you look at the last three times that threw a quality start, six innings, less than three runs. Uh, Lauer did it yesterday. They won the game. Woodruff did it in his second start back from the IL. Yep. They won that game. And, of course, Burns, Burns. who is on a campaign um, right on track or even better than his Cy Young campaign last year, uh, he threw a, a quality start the other day. They won that game. So, basically, it's just, hey, this offense is scoring runs. All you have to do is just throw the innings. You know, stay away from the crooked number. Don't give up a lot of runs. Don't even give up. You know, you don't have to go out there and say, i got to be perfect. Just go out there and eat up some innings because this offense right now is on fire, and you got to ride that wave whenever you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want to know uh, real quick about the leadoff spot. Do they go by the Colton Wong at some point, or they just leave Yellis there? He's been, I think, like 323 or something. I'm, but just leave him there um, and just let him continue to just rack up the numbers. Uh, do as some, Steve, why are you rolling your eyes at me, man? I have to ask. Go ahead, Tuck. Go ahead. Yeah, man. <laughs> they want him out of the league, I guess. I don't know. I don't understand. I want him in the leadoff spot and left in the leadoff spot. See, see what I yeah, have to I, deal with. I think, I think you leave him there. I think you have to. Since he took over as the leadoff guy. When Long got hurt, he's been the best leadoff guy in all of baseball. He has a oh. Oh boy! Or on base percentage yep. uh, is through oh. the roof, oh and boy. I get it that he's probably the most expensive leadoff guy uh, in baseball. <laughs> I have no idea, no way of knowing that, but he's been the best, and so he gets on base. And look, last night, you know, uh, David Robinson won no piece of him. He walked him with the bases loaded because he's seen the numbers, he see all the hitting streak, and you know, it, it, his twelve game hitting streak did end yesterday. But at the same time, he had a bases loaded walk, <laughs> like that's pretty legit. Uh, in a clutch moment like that in the ninth inning. So um, he's doing a lot of things right, and I think they were trying to figure out a way to jumpstart him. Right. And I think this is a good way. I, I think maybe down the stretch, if it gets really hot, and you know, if he starts swinging the bat for power, they may have to move him back down uh, to like you know second or third or whatever they decide to do. But for right now, he is the best leadoff man in the game, and if it's not broke, you know, there's no reason to try to fix it. Right. He That's why t- I agree with Gary real quick. This is a, yeah. just a comment, not a question. That's why I agree, agree with Gary. Council does more than any other manager. Most managers would have done something totally different from that, so I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Tim. Tim, Tim I got one more thing. We only got like 90 seconds here. Severino comes back. They're carrying three catchers, obviously, on this roster um, mm. at this point. It's not going to continue, I don't think, because Taylor eventually is going to come back from yeah. uh, the concussion deal here. But if you look at it, Narvaez is in the last year of his deal. They still have control of Severino and Caratini for one more year each, even though now Severino is not eligible for postseason play because of his suspension. Do you think there's a chance they move Narvaez in order to get a bat somewhere else uh, in the lineup? I, I don't think so. I mean, he, he's such he's so valuable behind the dish. Uh, the way he works with these pitchers, Caratini too. Severino comes back. He actually caught a lot of the Brewers pitchers in the offseason during right. the lockout. So mm-hmm. he, they're all three familiar with this pitching staff right now. Whatever Council decides to do going forward um, is always going to be in the best interest of the team. But Right now, I, I think you got three catchers that you kind of have to keep there. I think Severino is going to have to prove he can hit lefties. If he can crush lefties, that, that may be his only way of sticking on this team uh, for the rest of the season, only because he, he's ineligible for the postseason. Right. So if you start moving catchers around and suddenly, you know, you start, you know, get to the first round of the playoffs and, you know, you, you're missing a guy, that, that's not what you want. You don't have a fill-in guy come in for playoffs. So I think Severino is kind of the odd man out in that regard. Uh, but at the same time, the last seven runs the Brewers have scored, six have come off the bat of catchers. So that right there is pretty significant. 
Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan there is Tim Dillard catching Valley Sports Wisconsin Brewers pre- and post-game host analyst when Rock is off joins us every Tuesday courtesy of Robert Hack Diamonds on the Wendy's Big Show broadcasting live from the Lakeland University studios offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. She is here. She is ready to rock and roll with you coming up at 3 o'clock on the Fan Afternoon Show. Stephanie Sutton, sports anchor from WISN Channel 12, joins us next. Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals on 1250 AM. The fans, Steve Sparky Fiver with you, being joined now by your host today and tomorrow for the Fan Afternoon Show. She is Stephanie Sutton, sports anchor at WISN Channel 12. And uh, you ready to go? You ready to do this at 3 o'clock? Here we go. Oh, I'm ready to go. Here we go. It's time. Yep, yep. You know what I'm also ready for? What else are you some, ready for? Some fireworks, oh, <laughs> finally. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, like, I have a few days off. That's all I wanted on the 4th of July. No fireworks. I'll be all right. Can and I, I think just they're going to get canceled again tonight. I, I, like, right. Any of them there. Okay, so this is the thing. So, and I'll sound like bitter old guy. And that's okay if I am. So, first <laughs> off, I have a dog that hates thunder and lightning. Okay, sure. And doesn't like fireworks. So, last night, we had the rare pleasure of having thunder and lightning and fireworks going on at the same time. That was fun. That's that like a was not good. trifecta kind of. So how did your dog do? Just under the not well. bed? Uh, no, no, because I had the door shut to the bedroom. We were in the living room. Dog disappeared upstairs, found the six-year-old's door open, and peed on the carpet. So I ended right. up cleaning the carpet what kind of dog uh, after we found it. Uh, it's a uh, Yorkie poo. Uh, if you know uh, that. Purebred? It's like a small, like... Black dog, yeah, it's got really the small yeah. dogs. See, I've noticed, yeah. like I thought, like the German Shepherds and the Golden Retrievers of the world are the ones that were really afraid of the lightning or the fireworks or the right. Thing, no, know. we even bought a thunder vest for the dog. That dog's thirteen. We even bought a, a thunder vest I'm for sorry. the dog. I'm the whole deal. What is a thunder vest? A thunder vest? It's like like you strap it onto your dog, and it kind of makes it feel more secure. Like somebody's like hugging it or holding onto him, so it doesn't shake Aww. as much. To try and like stop a baby, it. like when you, you swaddle it. Yes, correct. Kind huh. of like that. Exactly, same type of thing. We try that for a little while. It doesn't matter. So right. So when we're upstairs and there's a thunderstorm at night, you hear the dog under the bed maneuvering around to go to sleep, and then is under there the entire time until the next morning, <laughs> and just sleeps under. But when the dog can't get in, then that then that becomes an issue. So that was that was not a fun experience last night whatsoever. But I ended up having to go get my kid in Franklin, who was over at some friend's house. And I come pulling in this neighborhood, and there are fireworks shows going on off all over this neighborhood. I was like, these are like real fireworks. I'm so like, wait, what is the, going on? The homemade ones, and this was not like a Franklin like show. It was just each yes. individual. It was? It was individual houses okay, having their own I mean. little like fireworks yeah. shows. But they look like you know fireworks. They were pretty good. Like a show, yeah. I did see some way off into the distance going off. I was at my sister's in Brookfield. And we were going over Capitol Drive, and you could see near the lakefront there were some. <laughs> my, sure. My little nine-year-old was like, look. I'm like, yeah, that's what we're missing. Yep, so. completely. I'll give you a, a little, if you've never done it uh, before, obviously you can't do it now, but like next year, years in the uh, going forward, The Rock over here in Franklin is amazing. Go there for fireworks? Yeah, because they sit so high up, you can watch like 12 fireworks shows Going on Ooh, all kind of at the same time. That's a good idea. And, and I don't know. I don't know if they had it this this last weekend, but in years past, they've had food trucks up there. They got bags games going on. If you want to play bags, right. you bring your lawn chairs or whatever, sit out, and they usually have a band playing or whatever, and they got the umbrella bar up there. So everybody just hangs out and watches all the fireworks. And I think the closest one, obviously, for them is Greendale. I guess would be the closest firework that you would see. So they don't shoot off their own. But sure. you get to see all the ones off in the distance, all the different fireworks. You said bags. Is it bags or is it cornhole? I call it bags. It's bags. Cornhole sounds disgusting. I it can't does, do it. It does, but isn't that the proper name? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I call it bags. Y'all call it what you want to call it. I have no idea. Well, it's funny you mentioned bags. That may very well be a part of our draft mockery today when we do, uh, oh, I yes. pitch the topic of best lawn games. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like that. So this is where I can cheat and Google some, because after cornhole bags, I'm trying to think. <laughs> there are a okay. lot of different options so out what's, there. So what's the croquet, proper name? Croquet. Yeah, that's another one. Croquet. I've played croquet. Uh, long darts or whatever that they have. Jarts, or are they called jarts? What is it called? Back in the day that when they had the metal tips, they were called jarts. jarts. That's we what we still had have a set of those Yeah, my dad north. had them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad had them. We played that too. Uh, but what's the game called 
where it's it's got like a long string and so like golf balls on either side of it and you're well, throwing it towards because there's an improper name yes, for it. Yes, there's a not safe for radio. I'm name. not saying that, but what's We're doing the proper ladder name? toss? Ladder they call toss. It ladder toss. That's not the proper ladder name. Ladder toss. That's definitely not the proper name. But either way, just a tip, yeah. Stephanie. I maybe wouldn't pick ladder toss because some people on Twitter at 12:50 a.m. the fan might not know the proper name for that okay. sport, okay. so they'll wonder. What is letter toss? Well, I think I know yeah. a different name for that. You got to be careful on that. What's coming up on the show today? Uh, what is coming up? Oh, we have Adam McKelvey from MLB.com coming up. Who does? He's one of my favorites. I mean, one of the nicest people on the face. One of, of the planet. nicest, and I love. There are a lot of nice beat yes. writers, and guess what? There are a lot of not so nice beat writers. Or but beat writers. there's he's, only one candy expert beat writer, and that's Adam McKelvey. He's he's so good. Yes, I just I enjoy his articles. I enjoy you know obviously working alongside him. You know mm-hmm. we're in the dugout and stuff like that. Um, no, so he's coming up, and then Bart, your morning show dude's coming up later, right? Do we get excited about that? Now he's different. Oh, Adam's I know he's really different. nice. Bart is different. I Bart's yeah. nice too, but in his They're own Bart opposite way. Opposite ends of the spectrum. A little different, <laughs> right? Look great, but what you will learn is. Bart Winkler in the morning, different than Bart Winkler in the afternoon. Is he nicer in the afternoon? I hope so. Because he's had Wait, his nap now. Dude, he filled in on that afternoon show. It was like was a it last man? week or whatever. I heard him. I came in the next day. I said, I, Bart in the afternoon. Now that, there, I'm down with that. Bart in the morning, completely different guy. He's like, oh, no, it's the same. I'm like, it's no, like it's not. Cranky. Yeah, he's way laid back, chilled, like just doing his thing. And then he filled in and did a national show Friday night. He did Zach Gelb's show on CBS Sports Radio around wow. the country from five until nine. Uh, and did fancy, Yelp show. Fancy. Yeah, pretty cool. He's getting big time um, on us. So I remember back in the day, so I've worked all over the country, but I was working in the Bay Area. So when I worked there, Skip Bayless was there. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to let you people know, the Skip Bayless I knew personally, that is an act. It is a complete act. Okay, he so- is a super soft nice guy behind the scenes at the time. Maybe he went on to marry her. I don't know. It was dating a very attractive blonde lady at the time. And she was sweet too. And it was like an act. But I can't believe how much he's blown up since 2001, so to speak. He was already pretty big back then, though. Yep. You know, he worked in Dallas, what, Chicago, then San Jose. So I knew Skip when he was in Chicago. Oh, okay. And I would get Skip on uh, with, when I worked for Homer over at WISN in your right. building, uh, on, on the radio at night, I would get Skip on with Homer uh, when he was at the Tribune. And it's hilarious. He'd always be like, Spark, I come out whenever you want. He goes, but I go to my movie on Wednesdays. So anytime other than Wednesdays, I'm good. But I see, like he goes every to a movie. Wednesday, every a- Wednesday he went to a movie. That's interesting. Any, so any other day but Wednesday, Skip was like, anytime you want me, I just can't do Wednesdays. I always go see a movie on Wednesday. It's a big movie guy. Or at least he was back then when he was in Chicago. Loved going to the movies. So you're right. When I see him on TV, I was like, yeah, we didn't really get that in Milwaukee one way or the other. I'm not saying that it wasn't there. You mean maybe in Chicago. Or in that. Chicago. Yeah. yeah, but he was on with us in Milwaukee. Did you feel like he was nice though, kind of behind the scenes? It was Super different. nice guy to me. Never had any issues with him. I hate to say it. Never. It's- it's sort of an act. It's, it might be. I don't guess know. guess what? It is paying off. Millions. Millions. But you were talking about Bart filling in. So I remember this. So again, this is 20 some years ago. He was filling in for Jim Rome. And I remember him saying he got five grand. And that was 20 years ago for filling it. I'm like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. I'll get like five bucks. But yeah. five grand? National. It, it, so Bart is breaking in the dough if he's yeah, filling he in on national radio shows. He definitely did not get five grand. I no. can confirm that. That definitely did not happen <laughs> that did not. whatsoever. There's no chance. They'll call up Bart and say he got the Again, got that was Skip grand. Bayless, Jim Rome, Jim blah, Rome. blah, blah, blah. That's yeah, a little different. bit different. Yes. Yeah, it might be a little different. No doubt about it. But that's interesting that we both knew Skip away from the crazy, crazy. He would come on with us all the time. Never had any issues with him whatsoever. Right. Great dude. I've, I liked him too. Yeah. I like him too. Great dude. So I, I, I've, I have no idea what we're there. Now, like, now, Stephen A. Smith, that is that dude. Like, yeah, on or off camera, he's yes, kind of like that. That is that dude. Like, that, there is no BS with him. That, that is Although that dude. Although he's come around to liking Milwaukee, it sounds like after last summer, right? Yeah, after he got vilified for it. Well, yeah. But I mean, that dude in the media room at Bucks games or on the sidelines at Bucks games back before he became this when he was working for just Philly, right? Same guy. Mean. That is weird. Like so, during the even in the Eastern Conference Finals back in 2019, in this, I remember kind of I was in Toronto and I turned left and there's just Stephen A. Smith right there. I'm like, and I know we're not to you know you don't want to fan out on right. I guess people, your peers or people yep. in the media, but I mean he is a pretty much superstar. I was like, God, oh, that's so weird. But he, what I thought was funny, him and some of the big wigs, they were just behind the scenes. They were in like the media lunchroom watching the games while, yep. while I went out to the court. He never came out to the court. Well, maybe because he was afraid. People would heckle. heckle. I don't know. Probably. You know? It's probably part of it. Yeah. And I see, and that's, we've talked about this before. We're going way into your show. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. But this is, this is one of those deals 
we, we did a segment on the big show years ago um, about, you know, what player would you want to be, right? If you could be a player, whatever else. And Gary was like, was Gary Jeter or A-Rod? I forgot who it was. This was years ago before all the A-Rod stuff broke. So all these guys. And I was like, again, complete coincidence. I'm like, hmm, Craig Council. And they're like, Craig Council? I'm like, yeah, Craig Council. I'm like, first of all, because back then he'd come back from the D-backs or wherever he was playing the Marlins. I'd see him in Whitefish Bay Dominican games just sitting by himself watching high school yep. basketball. I'm like, that dude can do whatever he wants like a normal person, wherever he wants to go in the country. Ain't nobody bothering him. He's made millions. He's set. Now, can't do it as much now because he's the Brewers manager and he's had success. But still, I could take Craig Council and put him in North Dakota. He can go to a movie. Nobody's going to bother him. Right. I could put him where else. You could get into the Bayless and those guys range. You can't live a normal life, you I can't, can't imagine. No, they're too big. They're too. They're superstars. For yeah. Sure. All right, Stephanie Sutton, WISN Channel 12 Sports Anchor. She's up next. Don't go anywhere. It's going to be a fun one. Fan Afternoon Show next here on 1250 AM. The Fan. Have a good one. Toodles. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 